distinguished guests, welcome back to the Desert Tiger Podcast. It's the return of Ill-Vibe! Woo! That's right, you guys. It is the return of Illy to the DTP, and as you can tell, I am extremely excited to have him back on the show. Of course, for those of you who have been with the show for a while... You would have heard him back on episode 32, which dropped on April 20th of 2018. And of course, if you're a new listener, if you maybe subscribed after that, maybe you want to go and check out that episode in the backlog. Maybe you want to check it out before you listen to this so you get that chronological feel for things. Maybe you just want to check it out afterwards. Maybe you're a new listener of the DTP. You're just about to hit that subscribe button. And maybe you want to go and check out all the backlog because there are a ton of amazing conversations with great individuals inside of that backlog. So what are you waiting for? And of course, I want to go ahead and thank those of you who have been with the show for a while, and who have went and checked out last week's episode, which featured my good friend, Raul Mendoza, as we spoke about his upcoming short film, Beyond the River. And of course, I don't want to get too far into that, but of course, we did get a ton of great feedback for that show, especially a lot of you who thought it was pretty funny how Raul felt the need to apologize for using some foul language after bringing up some pretty serious subjects and how I decided to tell him not to feel sorry for doing so. Of course, I'm not going to dive into that. If you want to check it out and haven't heard it for yourself, that is last week's episode. Go hit that up after you check out this one because this week we have another beautiful focus and I already told you who it is. So before we jump in there, I just want to take a quick moment to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by ILoveDTP.com, soon to become equipped with hats, tank tops, wristbands, and a bunch of other really cool swag. ILoveDTP.com, it is the best place for you to support the Desert Tiger Podcast. It's the return of Ilvibe. And last time that Ilvibe joined us, we spoke about his time in the rap game. Well, this time around, he is shifting gears with more of a singing-focused role, continuing to do what his heart say. Even with this shift, the consistent work level and discipline that Illy has become known for is never gone. As the main force behind Heavy Ox Records makes sure him and his roster are constantly staying on point with their singles, releasing banging tracks one after another one. If you're down with Illvibe, maybe you're catching some of these references. If not, well, shit, tough luck, because you're going to find no apologies because they are the new singles from his upcoming album, Love Among Thieves, on which you can be sure to find that signature illy vibe of keeping the spirits high, even when the bottles are low. That's right, you guys. Ill Vibe joins the DTP today to discuss his upcoming album, 
Love Among Thieves, the singles from that album, which have already dropped. Those, of course, being Heart Say, Never Gone, Another One, No Apologies, and the one that released last week, July the 19th of 2019, that, of course, being Bottles Are Low, and I'm going to be giving that track a spin for you guys right away. Of course, Ilvibe also joined the DTP to discuss what's been going on with his own little super team of creators over at Heavy Ox Records. It's like his own little team of Avengers, his own little team of X-Men. Everyone's got their own little specialty. We're going to jump into exactly what that is and how it all comes together. And at the end, we're going to finish things off by jumping back into damaged goods of course we talked about his podcast last time he was on a show well last time it was still a fledgling young podcast he was like six episodes in they just passed 30 recently and they've been having some amazing guests and we're going to discuss how illy has been enjoying his time inside of the podcast world there is a ton to get into in this interview and you guys are gonna be like man it's only just been over a year since you last spoke to him is there really that much to get into when you grind and go as hard as ill vibe does there is a ton to get into trust me when it comes to that so without further ado you guys know that I'm actually getting a little bit parched here. I've been going hard doing this talking thing for a solid five minutes. Maybe it's time for me to go and check on this what Whoa! Oh no. Oh no, maybe I'll go check something over- Ugh! What? God damn it, guys! All the bottles are low! Bottles are low Smoking loud, going over the line like how does it go? Oh, how does a low turn into a high and everything gone slow? Running out of sky, running out of Oh, how does a low turn into a high and everything? 
Chasing demons no one else can see Bottle probably take all night Wanna smoke myself to sleep If I'ma try and make the night I'ma need another half a Z Bottle to the face all night No probably isn't helping me The Desert Tiger Podcast. Welcome back to the Desert Tiger Podcast. Ill vibe. Thanks for having me, bro. I really appreciate it. Ah, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for making this happen, my man. Absolutely. I appreciate you getting up early uh, to get on that East Coast time with me. <laughs> no worries. No worries. It was a little bit of a late evening, but I mean, when you have a chance to speak with the kid, the uh, prodigy Illy, you know, you make things work. <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right. All right. Of course, today we're going to be speaking about the album you're hyping up to release here in the future. Love Among Thieves. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But of course, this one you got—you're taking a little bit of a different approach, my good friend. You're taking yeah. a different vibe, a little bit more of a singing style and the re- release style as well. Taking a little bit of a change. Yeah, man. I've been doing this for a really long time. Uh, you know, I rapped for fifteen some odd years, uh, and I still do somewhat. But I really sort of felt like I kind of did what I came to do when I set out as a young man rapping and kind of very much a different guy and then as I grew up and uh, evolved in music and evolved as a man a lot of the stuff that really inspires me is just a little bit more soulful than straight raps uh, especially the straight raps that kind of I came up to uh, and so I mean people who've been following along the last album or two certainly you could hear samples of me starting to sing and, and, and uh, experimenting with some soulful sounds uh, but then you know, recently uh, we brought Meyer Clarity in-house at Heavy Ox, and so Meyer and I spent a lot of time in the studio together, and when he's playing those keys, more and more, my pen didn't want, like, it was just, it was just natural, like, I wasn't writing raps, I was just starting to sing along, like, to whatever he was playing on the keys, and so some of those riffs and sing-alongs turned into records, and then that's kind of evolved and given me the confidence to, like, well, what happens if I sit down with the, with the intent to, you know, write a, a singing song about how I feel about life or my relationship with my wife or whatever the case is. And it's just like, that's been so much fun. I'm now madly addicted to that, uh, experimenting with bluesy songs. And we have a, the next record coming out, kind of like a funk record. And like, it's just, it's all kinds of these other new things that I maybe thought I never would get a chance to do. And so now I'm kind of living my second childhood in, in, in these other genres. Yeah, after a few years of, well, more than a few years of going at it in a different style, I mean, it's probably really refreshing to come at it with a different mindset. Yeah, that's it, man. And in addition to the new sound uh, you alluded is that we've kind of been approaching the whole thing differently. And that's really more about, you know, this new streaming era that we're in, right? So um, my fans are always really, really great about checking whatever I put out. But what we want to do is is grow those number of people, right, and reach new people. And uh, one of the ways that we do that is Spotify has been really, really kind to me on the playlisting side of things. Um, and about, you know, 80 or 90% of what I put out, they playlist on a new Music Friday playlist or something like that, which just allows me to reach 
you know, tens of thousands of new fans. And so since we realized that's kind of where things are and we've got that great support system over at Spotify, that we would start releasing the songs one at a time instead of just doing like a one, two singles and then give them the entire like 16 track album or whatever, however many tracks each one was. Uh, So yeah, so this time we just tried splitting it up a little bit more and seeing how that plays out. And it's been the best commercial year of my career on the streaming side of things in any case. Just for that reason that every song, every moment, every song that you write is a moment. And then every when you put it out by itself, it kind of has a moment to live and people can kind of soak it up and be like, oh, whoa, Bottles Are Low. This is kind of a sad song. It's kind of a late night song. It's kind of a moody song. Reminds me a little of Kanye. And that doesn't distract from the next thing, which is a little bit more in the vein of like Calvin Harris and Bruno Mars. And it's very, very different than Bottles Are Low. And if you put them at the same time, there are some real, I came up in an era where those albums with those back-to-back has value. But I can see, and I'm beginning to see, how they also kind of, you know, step on each other's toes a little bit in terms of people don't know which song to listen to. So uh, I'm really enjoying this one at a time thing. But fear not, as you again, as you mentioned, uh, they are going to all culminate in an album this fall, uh, Love Among Thieves, which will feature all of these records in a sequence that me and Meyer are arguing about right now. Uh, that will be, you know, an, a, a classic album style and format. But just, you know, giving each one a chance to breathe by itself before we get there. Definitely. It gives each song a moment to shine, whereas maybe releasing a album where maybe you have one or two songs available beforehand and then you drop the album. Maybe there's a few songs that are going to get a little bit more buried, maybe aren't going to get as many plays because in the Spotify era, you have a lot more at your fingertips back when you had to manually switch CDs out and that sort of thing, right? So it allows, like I said, each song a moment to shine. And like you said, it allows everyone to sort of see and appreciate the value of what each song encompasses. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of people, uh, especially old school heads, can look at it negatively like it's the death of the album. And in some ways, you know, that's accurate. But in other ways, fans really do just want like a, they want to listen to that record and like and love it and, and absorb it and what it's about and what it says about you. If it's an angry record or a sad record or a happy record, it's like, wow, this is a cool side of this person. And then it'll just allow you to hit him with something else. And for me, in my case, uh, what's different about this album that I've never done before because I'm always a guy who plans really far in the future is some of these records, I'm finishing them six weeks before we send them off to mix. So it's still a few months before they come out to people, but you know, half of the, half of the records from the album we did, we worked on for a year. The next one called, can you hear me is one that we've been working on since last fall, not consistently, but just kind of like revisiting a few times. And then but let's work on that one as the next single. But a few of these records were like, we, we made never gone and it was out within 90 days. And so that, that was really cool. Cause that was, that's something we've never done before. Everything has always been really calculated and planned way, way out. And so just really fun to kind of have these songs that you I'm, you know, as a songwriter, I'm still in love with it in 90 days. Sometimes after nine months, you have to kind of teach yourself to still be in love with the song because you've been listening to it for a year. So for you, it's old news. So yeah, so this has also kind of allowed me to along the way, call some audibles and be like, Hey, that song we wrote last week, let's put that one out. <laughs> and that's, it, 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 it's, uh, there's a little bit extra excitement there for me. Mm-hmm. Definitely gives you a lot more playing room with things and allows you to, adjust and adapt as you release and see how things are going off are things getting yeah, playlisted? Great. what how is it all playing out 
You just sort of sit there like a little heavy ox coach. No, you're right. It, in, in a lot of ways, you can kind of like call the make the calls and decide on the singles based on how the last ones have been received. You know, on my album right now, the collaboration the collaboration songs seem to do really really well versus my kind of what I call my passion song songs like a song like Heart Say uh, commercially didn't do as well and it's still. Uh, is streaming high enough that I'm quite pleased with it. But it's just not streaming as highly as some of my more collaborative records. And I think that, that just speaks highly to like what people want. People want to hear what it's going to sound like when I make a song with this person or that person. And that data is good to know because uh, you know when we're working on the album, I'm far more receptive to be like, hey, maybe let's put somebody on this other song because people cl- are clearly showing that they're interested in, in hearing duets with me and another singer or you know, in a case where we had Cryptic Wisdom on a record, both Cryptic fans and people of, from, who mess with me who don't know Cryptic as well were like, oh, wow, that's so cool to hear, like, those two different flavors smashed together on one song like that, you know? Mm-hmm, definitely. It allows you to approach things with a lot more different styles because even your song with Veronica, another one, like, it's got that slow, relaxed, chill vibe, something you would find on, like, a lo-fi playlist. Totally. Every track that has come off of Love Among Thieves definitely has had its own style, its own energy, its own reason for you to appreciate it, take it, and hold on to it. Like we said, another one, really lo-fi, like you said earlier, Bottles Are Low, once again, a maybe a slower song, but a different energy where it's tackling a different vibe a different energy where you know like we've maybe been drinking a little bit looking for a high on that one where another one's more of the let's keep rolling you've got never gone yeah, exactly like it's just so much different energy on this album well, really what, what we're trying to do as songwriters and uh, as artists is create moments right so it's like that moment where you're smoking weed with a girl you either love or you're feeling or whatever and it's like man that's that's the vibe like that's the vibe that everybody wants when you're feeling sexy and you're rolling up and that's what another one's about is just getting sexy and and smoking weed and it's like um that's a moment that i spent most of my 20s in pursuit of and so i like to kind of paint that picture and musically and with my with the voice and with the vibes and then you look at never gone and never gone is like I'm from Barrie, Ontario. That's a small town. And so when I, not I mean, it's a big city, but compared to Toronto. And so when I go back there and one of my old boys from high school happens to be around, which is less and less often, I get excited in a different way than any other song I've ever written really captures. Uh, when I go back to Barrie, part of me tingles that's different than the traveling vibes that I get or the party vibes I get or the kind of living my dreams vibes that I get. That's kind of like this like nostalgic reconnect with your youth remember things that you didn't even think you would remember like this is a, a whole different thing and so like well let's write a song about that and these are these kind of powerful moments and so i think every song from my album hits a different one of those uh you know we've got a little bit more hip-hop a little bit uh less so on some songs so the musical vibe really kind of jumps all over the place but then thematically and moment wise and energy wise we really try to cover a bunch of different things because that's my favorite thing, is just to find a really powerful, potent moment, the kind of thing that you and I could talk for hours about, and then write a really infectious, earwormy song that, that takes you there. Oh, yeah, and that's definitely a thing, is you could talk for hours about that feeling of going home and reconnecting for people, because even myself, like, I'm flying home 
next month because my sister just had her firstborn and I'm really excited to go see that but I also just reconnected with some people from high school that I played basketball with back in the day and to say that I not just overly like jump through the freaking roof excited to go and speak with those people and hang out with them yeah I'd be lying yeah exactly and it's a different energy right It's it's a whole different like Mind you, when you were young and and kind of stupid, and that that in that in itself kind of makes you giddy to be in like being reminded of like your young dumb teenage self. Like the whole thing has this like playful innocence to it, and we really tried to build that into that song and and into the lyric video, which is like kids around a bonfire and on rooftops and just kind of causing trouble. And yeah, man, that's that song's a really good example of that. And the next couple that are coming, uh, can you hear me? Is kind of the whole point of that whole record is just trying to be like infectious, make you want to dance. Like I've, I've never really made a record like that. The kind of song that's like you put it on and even if you never heard it before, you're like, Oh, this makes me want to dance around the kitchen. And so when we, when I kind of gave the guys that it's loosely inspired by Calvin Harris's funk wave volume album, because that's, I think my favorite album of all time for these uh, previously stated reasons of it just makes you want to dance. Even if you've never heard it before. Um, is I was like, let, let, I want one of those, bro. And I'm just me talking to Meyer. And so I play him one or two cuts, and he's like, oh, so you want funk guitar? And oh, you want it to be, like, snappy? And he immediately starts, like, understanding the genre at a deep level. And then that's, so that's what we've got coming up next. And we just made a, a music video of me just, like, dancing around on rooftops and, like, around in, like, city streets. Because it's just, I'm having fun. And that's so, so different than nostalgia. And that's so, so different than the follow your heart on heart say and uh, smoke weed and, and and fuck on another one and like but it's equally potent i think the potency becomes the like the thing that i look for you know that infectious groove thing that you're going for and of course you've got the uh, swiss army knife of heavy ox over there and meyer clarity who can just take pretty much any style of beat and just chop it up mix it and bring you back whatever you expected and some yeah, Meyer truly is uh, the secret sauce at Heavy Ox, and he helped me revolutionize my sound. He literally helps me chase my dreams musically, because where I'll be like, you know, what I'd love to do is a song that's like kind of like a power ballad in a way, but I still got to be myself, and I'll show him a couple of things I really love, and he's just like, oh, I understand exactly where to park this, that, that it would work for you. Uh, and it's like, that's invaluable as, a, as an artist, as a songwriter, and just as somebody who wants to like, kind of achieve some personal dreams and goals musically. Like there's a couple kinds of songs that when I hear on the radio as an artist, you go, I wonder if I'm big enough to make a song like this. Well, Myers on a very short list of people I've ever met who has the ability to be like, Oh, I know how to, I know how to take you there. And at least that we can find out if you're big enough to, to do it. I often compare him to like, you know, Drake doesn't get to be Drake without 40 and I got my 40. So, uh, I have no excuses because I've certainly, I'm one of the lucky few who found a producer who produces at that high, high level who can just help me change lanes and genres in an instant without even making you know any signal changes looking over your shoulder. Uh, he's, he's just, yeah, he's just that dude that if you're a, if you're a award-winning quarterback, like you need a crazy wide receiver or a running back. You need that other guy, right? Mm. And Myers that dude for me. Well, even like using that coach aspect from earlier, like a head coach takes control of like, certain aspects of the team but you know the offense guy is taking control of what play goes where yep. and what's happening here and where's this move going yep, yep. on and 
it's very intricate in just how amazing certain little things. And that's one thing I love about Meyer is just the little things that you put into a song that you can like, you can have listened to it 30 times. And then that yeah. 30th time, you just notice like this little piece in the background and you're like, what? Well, as a, as, as a fan of Meyer, cause you and I are both fans of him. I'm, I'm excited for you to hear what he's up to because the thing about Meyer is he puts so much work into his stuff that it takes a long time for it to come out. So he worked on Capes 2 for like a year, and then it's finally come out. But what's happening is that that cycle is shortening and shortening and shortening because he's doing more and more songwriting sessions with us, and he's become kind of the head producer at a label. And so he's faster and busier than ever, and he's writing with more and more legendary writers than ever, so he's getting these new ideas for new songs that he doesn't want to wait two years to put out. So we're in this really exciting place with Meyer's music where I think when you hear what we're putting out uh, as writers over the next year, that is all produced by him. The production's crazy. And I mean, we've got rock coming out. We've got folk country coming out. We've got infectious pop coming out and trap inspired, like all kinds of stuff. And it's all fueled by this one guy, Meyer. And it's at an intricate level and at a high level. And each piece is memorable. And like, well, that's a, I can't tell you how often we're just like, well, that's a radio single. And so at a certain point, we don't have to, we have to stop saying that because everything Meyer makes has that potential if that's where you're going with it. Because sometimes you're going for an album cut or whatever, and that's different. Um, mm. And on, on, on the rapping side and on the singing side, he's growing at just a faster pace. And so uh, you know, I know he's planning on Capes 3, and I've seen some mock-up track lists for it. And we've already, I've already heard some samples of what he's planning up at, on after his Capes trilogy. Uh, where he, I think he's going to be experimenting genre-wise even a little bit more than he is right now. And it's exciting, man. I think he truthfully is the uh, the dark horse and the secret sauce at Heavy Ox. Um, and long after I've become the 50-year-old artist that people are, are still only checking for out of respect, uh, I think he's going to be you know, walking red carpets. So. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, he only just released Tapes 2, and the last time we spoke was before he released Tapes 1. So he's just yep. churning these things out, like amazing creative mind behind that individual. And just the fact and he produced, that... he produced almost 200 songs for Heavy Ox in that same time. My so goodness. it's like, yeah, he really is. Like full time, he'll produce funk all day, mm -hmm. smoke, a, smoke a joint spin his chair around and then start making a rock song and then go to bed, wake up. And the next day we start making like a cheesy K-pop pop song. And he's like, he's just like, he's all those dudes wrapped into one, you know? Well, and <laughs> especially for someone who's a label head, such as yourself, that allows you to focus so much more on the other aspects of heavy. Ox, Absolutely. Absolutely. Which has been growing and popping off quite well. You recently got you guys recently signed Skevious Tips after you took them on yes, tour. Sir. Yep. I mean those singles with Megan Nora were hype that dropped last year. You guys are constantly just working on things. You like how ahead of the game is Heavy Ox? Like what is like cuz I know when I was releasing music I tried to plan ahead like 12 to 18 months in advance but it sounds like you guys yeah. are like way ahead of that. Well, it's not so much as in like more more months planned out than that because you know just like you we do plan that far out in terms of I think Meyer we have a good sense of what he's going to be doing over the next 18 months and myself um, we would like to put out some more records for Graydon who's an artist on the label that's primarily writing with us right now. Um, and there are some plans but it isn't like we have plans for longer than 18 months. It's not so much that. I think like anything else, like, you know, when you play baseball the first time, it can seem kind of chaotic. Like, you, 
someone throws a ball, and you're like, what the fuck? I wasn't expecting that. But then you watch like, a, a guy who's been playing for 20 years, and he's damn near sleeping because he knows exactly when to do what you need to do. And I think that's just a little bit kind of where we are in that uh, Like I've been putting out records for a decade and a half since back when, I mean, way before you, you needed to be in a record store, but what I mean by that is like I was putting out records 15 years before record stores closed, but then through the period where record stores closed and then, and then into iTunes and then into streaming, like I've been doing this for forever. And then you add to the mix Meyer who has made 10,000 songs. Like he's just like a song machine. He wakes up and he makes songs until the day, until the money goes to sleep. And unless he takes a vacation, he's making songs all the time. And so you start to put, put, put these things together. And it's like my, my knowledge of the business is, unparalleled at anybody at my level. I think there are people, who, you know, my heroes who know, know more than me and people who are way ahead of me in the game. But uh, I know the game. I know, understand business and the psychology of business and marketing really, really well at a high level. And then you bring in Meyer who understands the psychology of production and how and when somebody asks for this, what they really mean and which genres they're talking about and and where the cliche spots are because you want to avoid those so you're always really seem edgy and never cliche. Like he understands that at a really deep level. And you put us together and after a while we start doing something really, really exciting. We added a guy named Graydon to our team who is a elite sales type dude and business mind and marketing mind. Um, and he's largely working with you behind the scenes but he's also a talented writer and artist. And you start to see just the way the synergy of those people could really add up to something special and and that's what's happening so in this last year we really shifted focus to writing songs i.e not just for us the idea that we're writing songs for some of canada's best and biggest voices and we've only been doing that for one year and we're essentially writing with published and signed artists at this point we've got a juno winner coming in next week uh we've written with tv stars and like it, it's and that's happened in a very short time because what happens is again you put three strong minds who are focused on one thing on a team it's like you're not going to be able to stop us from at least getting a shot at some of our goals uh if we have anything to say about it and we and like i said we've got a really really strong team so that's kind of our thing man is a lot of preparation a lot of knowledge really really taking it seriously studying the game doing the research you know going to meet with people asking the questions i think that's how you that's how it seems like you're two years ahead all the time it's just that you're working twice as hard and taking twice as many meetings and sending twice as many emails you know Mm -hmm. Well, and that's just it is you're not just looking for artists necessarily. You're looking for people to bring on to your team to help it evolve. Because even from the stance of Megan Nora, she's a choreographer. Like there's so many different aspects to these individuals where they're just not the artist and they have so much more that they can bring to the team. Your own little X-Men. I think the reality is in general music industry is uh, each artist is their own little mini entrepreneur. And if all you can do is write a song, um, you know, not to neg on somebody who they, they, that's all they would describe themselves. You know, I'm a songwriter. That's kind of where my job starts and ends. Uh, you're, I th my take on it is that you're simply not going to be successful. Uh, or if you're like, hey, I'm a rapper, but I don't really mess with any of the business side. I think you're just not going to be successful. And so our thing has always been I want to work with people who at least – have the potential to to be like that. So Megan Nora is a good example. She's a singer, songstress on Heavy Ox. The stuff that we put out in the past is a little bit pop urban. The reason that we've taken a second to put out her next stuff is that she actually came to us after when she saw that we were in Nashville and doing some country and folk writing and said that her heart really isn't in pop urban, that she essentially was kind of doing that because she's a dancer, but that the music she loves, the music she writes is like folk country. And it's like, oh, wow, well, 
then let's do that with you, <laughs> you know. Uh, and she's a successful entrepreneur. She runs a dance studio. She does all the video production and the screens for behind the production, and she casts it. And she's a boss. She's the kind of person that you'd want to work with in any business. So the fact that we love her voice and we love working with her and she's a beautiful dancer, it's like, yeah, we would love to be in the business of, of Megan Nora. Uh, Skeevious Tips is very different. He's a young rapper. Yeah, man, I think he is around – 24, 23 to 24, something in that neighborhood, uh, and he's one of the most skilled lyrical rappers I've come across. He reminds me of like a young Mac Miller, and I'm not, he's got a long way to go, but I just mean in the, in, in the vein of it being super hyper intelligent, and not a single syllable doesn't rhyme or fit, like he's so methodical with his writing, um, and then we went on tour with him, and he's a real easy human to be around, like very humble and like happy to contribute, and it's like, oh, this is starting to add up to somebody that I'd like to keep around, you know, if you're talented and, and have a lot of potential and you show some of the signs of being a good entrepreneur who understands how to navigate, that's the stuff I'm looking for. And so, and you know, when, in the future, when you see me announce that, oh, we've signed this artist or the singer, the thing that you don't know that you can pretty much assume is they're probably cool as fuck behind the scenes and really easy to work with. And then they bring a lot of value to the table. And if, and if they're not choreographers and bosses, well, then you damn better know that they're like contributing to the team and good people around that. You know what I mean? Like the, your ability to sing a rap to me is just entry to the party. What keeps you at the party is your ability to work hard and understand how to navigate the party and all those things, you know? Mm -hmm, definitely. And then the ability to take someone out on the road, not only oh, yeah. allows you to, it allows you to take a package out on tour and you know that you mesh. And once you're able to see how somebody reacts to the lifestyle of being yep. on the road and you know how they deal with that sort of thing too it makes it a lot easier to work with them yeah man on the road is that i mean from early days of my clarity it was the first thing i noticed with him was like oh he's easy to book like and then it was he's easy to bring with me he like, he's he puts himself in an easy spot to pick up and he's on time and he's like how can i help out and like he's the kind of dude that even if, I, if it wasn't a crazy artist, you'd want that person around. You know what I mean? Uh, and then same thing with Skeevious. Both Meyer and Skeevious won uh, competitions for me called Survival of the Illest that I did many years ago, or well, several years ago at this point. And in both cases, it was like, oh, cool. Hey, you guys were nice. Do you want to come play this other show I'm, 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 I'm throwing? And then they come out to that, and they're professional, and they kinda, they're there and ready to rock their set, and they're watching for the other acts, and you're just like, it's baby steps, right? And he's like, oh, wow, that dude came with respect. He was also good on stage, but he also was a pleasure to be around, and the other artists seemed to get along with him. And, like, that's honestly how my producer and my now best one of my best friends and I met was by the just he was a respectful artist to book for shows. And then it was like, well, I want to be around that person more. And now we have another one, Skevious, where we went from he won Survival of the Illest, and then I booked him for two Toronto shows. And he was just always, like, on time and not, and not playing any games. And he did what he said he was going to do. And then, so when I said, hey, I'm going to uh, California, who wants to come? Skeebius was in my inbox. Hey, I'd love to go to Cali. I've never been. It's like, whoa, this dude was really easy to work with. It was a, it was a given. I, I remember I remember being like, you're in. I, we'd love to have you. And then come to Cali, and he's easy to work with there. And then before I knew it, him and I were chatting. I'm like, man, we should just bring you over to Heavy Hots. And it's just like, that's how you get in by being – it's funny because he was always a good rapper. Uh, but it wasn't until he was a good rapper and – a pleasure to be around, and I mean, he probably always was, but I became aware he was a pleasure to be around, but that was the, that's the magic combination, so, you know, if you're a talented artist or a writer or whatever you do, don't underestimate the other side, because ultimately, 
people are looking for cool people to bring with them to places or cool people to be in the studio with them or cool people to podcast with them. And so the cool people part is a big part of it. Oh, definitely. I mean, nobody wants to be stuck in a studio with somebody who's going to cause a whole lot of drama and make your cause fights between your producer who then you have to go and try and calm both of them and make them work together. Exactly. Exactly. It just doesn't work. Just doesn't work. Good people, talented artists. That's what we're about at Heavy Eye. Well, you know what they say, my dude. Teamwork makes the dream work. Or, I mean, if you want to reference the Lego movie, everything is cool when you're part of a team. And actually, one of the things that you mentioned earlier is some of those team ups, some of those collaborations that went into this upcoming album, Love Among Thieves. And of course, I actually want to get a few more details about Love Among Thieves before we dive into more of the Heavy Ox multiverse. But before we do that, I want to go and give one of those collaborative tracks a spin. Actually, one of the ones you spoke about earlier, that one featuring Cryptic Wisdom. Of course, that is entitled Never Gone. And who knows, maybe some of the listeners of the DTP who are listening into this episode, that's right, I'm talking to you, baby. Maybe you're going to feel a little bit of nostalgia from the song. Maybe you're going to be reminded of some of those good memories that you created with some of those best friends, some of those ones that maybe you want to call right after you hear this song because it makes you remember them that much. And of course, before we go and give that track a spin, I just want to remind you guys that this episode is brought to you by ilovedtp.com. And why is that? Because ilovedtp.com is the place where you're going to go and get yourself all decked out and a whole bunch of desktop swag, baby! And, of course, it's also the best place where you can go ahead and support the podcast. There's always the amazing free ways you can support the podcast, like subscribing, rating, reviewing, if you're an iTunes or an Apple podcast listener, and, of course, sharing the show, either through social media or even word of mouth. You would actually believe how many people have, like, been turned on to the show just by their friends saying, yo, I know about this killer podcast it's called desert tiger i know that the host is incredibly cheesy and he loves to say the word definitely way too many times but otherwise it's a really killer show and you should check it out right now that's probably exactly what you should be telling people and if they're checking it out on spotify maybe you also want to tell them about the desert tiger playlist that we got going on over on spotify if you are into some maple coated ear candy from north of the border let me tell you desert tiger has you covered in five different delicious flavors for you that's right count them five different playlists of different varieties and i'm about to break them down right quick for you so here we go you're gonna find the likes of Skeevious Tips and Meyer Clarity over on our Canadian hip hop and rap playlist, and that is known as the Great Rhymed North, a collection of different sounds and vibes from across the country. Great Rhymed North has got you covered from everything in that variety, but of course, maybe you're into a different style of music. 
course, Desert Tiger started off with a lot of punk-styled guests, so maybe you're into that world, or maybe you are into hip-hop, but you're also into a variety of music. Well, let me tell you that if you're into pop-punk all the way to hard-punk, all you punk rockers, the Trans-Canada Skate Tape has got you covered as you're rolling from coast to coast. And maybe as you're rolling from coast to coast, you want to stop in somewhere and get your fill of a smorgasbord of radio rock styled music, some alternative rock style music, maybe some indie, maybe some of those golden gems that have yet to be discovered by that radio category. Well, let me tell you that the Canuck Rock Pot Luck has got you covered. But maybe you're into things a little bit heavy. You know, maybe you like to get pitted. Maybe you want a little bit of dessert after you get into that radio rock. Something to help you get a little head banging in so that you can feel good afterwards. Well, let me tell you that Maple Moshers has got your fix. And of course, last but not least, and it actually features this next song that I'm about to play for you. You know, the one we mentioned earlier featuring Cryptic Wisdom. Well, you're going to go ahead and find that on the Northern Lits playlist, baby. That's right, a collection of catchy, feel-good tunes that are going to hit you with that infectious groove and make you want to jump onto your feet and cut a rug, baby. It's full of all those summertime hits to make you feel good. Maybe on a rainy day you need something to pick you up. Well, let me tell you, Northern Lits, spelled Northern Lights with the H and the G inside of brackets, has got you covered. And of course, just like this next song, Northern Lits is going to make sure that the good times are never gone. When's the last time we stayed out and watched the sun like we were young? We would laugh like nothing mattered in the long run In the long, long run Going on and on Now we're back like we were never gone Now we're back like we were never gone Now we're back like we were never gone We were never gone We were never gone Now we're back like we were never gone Let's laugh like we used to Told jokes, roll smokes in the booze, do What it's supposed to Grab a cup, two cubes, hold on, who you close to? If your glass half full, I'ma make sure it's spilling over We stay getting high, trying to touch the sky I swear we've been getting closer When's the last time We stayed out and watched the sun like we were young We would laugh like nothing mattered in the long run Like we were never gone Now we're back Like we were never gone Now we're back Like we were never gone We were never gone We were never gone Now we're back Like we were never gone Though it's been a long, long time But we fall back, act like life never happened in the trees may change every season But friendships never out of fashion Wear like a batch, live life fast But I slow down for my day once Never go stale, if it ever failed I would say some like When's the last time We stayed out and watched the sun Like we were young 
We would laugh like nothing mattered in the long run In the long, long run Going on and on Now we're back like we were never gone Now we're back like we were never gone Now we're back like we were never gone We were never gone We were never gone Now we're back like we were never gone So, touching back on Love Among Thieves Recently, the man Ilvibe passed 500,000 Spotify streams 100,000 Spotify streams for Love Among Thieves already For an album that hasn't already dropped And you recently actually just debuted in a new market somewhere that you actually haven't really been before, Korea. So lots of big steps, my man. Yeah, when I was in Europe at a music conference, I met a guy named Terry who uh, works for a label in Korea called Sound Republica. And we had a drink and he was telling me about how most, about 90% of Western music, uh, that's like UK, Western Europe, in North America, it just isn't available in Korea. And the Korea is like the fifth biggest you know, music market in the world. And Canada, for context, is the seventh or something. So oh, wow. it's, even bigger than, it's even bigger than Canada. So he's like, yeah, they have almost no Western artists. And the Western world has almost no Korean artists. So this label acts as like a middleman. They, they distribute Western artists in Korea and Korean artists out to Spotify and Apple Music in the Western world. Uh, and they're like a super legit and have been super professional and what a pleasure to meet them and work with them. Uh, and so we decided to deal with them to move all of our heavy ox releases out into Korea as well. So that started with my singles for this album right now. So we've one by one, the last couple of weeks they've been coming out, we dropped no apologies. And then I think after that, it was never gone today. Uh, another one came out and we're just going to keep going through them until we get to the album in the fall. After that, some, that's where we're going to go backdated and, Anti-Gravity and Aliens will both come out in Korea, and then we'll be moving to Myers catalog, etc. So it's just really exciting to kind of, it just gives us a whole bunch of other dates to be excited about, because there's a whole bunch of Korean release dates coming out, uh, coming up in the, in the coming six months. And also, just think about like billions of potential new fans that are newly exposed to your music. And the cool thing about when you're coming out in a new market like that is like, we are the underground. So like we are, as it is, we're independent North American, you know, hip hop, R and B, whatever you, however you want to classify it. Um, so when you start hearing this on some playlist in Korea, you're just like, who is this guy that no one I know has ever heard of? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's something really exciting. This idea that like kids are discovering you for the first time and being like, man, who the fuck is this ill vibe guy? <laughs> like, I love it, man. I love it. Oh, definitely. Not only does it open it up to more listens new potential fans it also possibly opens up another touring market if it all goes well because you're introducing the korean market to a new sound of course like the k-pop and all that vibe has its own style and it has a very die-hard fan base but of course maybe they're looking for something new as well yeah no that's uh it's, that's always on the on the radar we've got a couple other links on uh promoters in the asian markets and just kind of not quite enough to put it over the tipping point to send us down there quite yet. But yeah, those are always things we're looking for, for sure. Well, hopefully this is one of those feathers in the cap that allows that move to actually happen sooner than expected. Yeah, that'd be great.
Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. So one thing that we mentioned earlier too is with Love Among Thieves is you're going to be shifting more from the rapping to singing. From what I've heard from a lot of the singles so far, it's a lot more of the singing style. So how many raps actually make it onto this album? As of right now, for myself, there's only one traditional rap. And then there's Cryptic Wisdom who's got a rap verse, and Meyer Clarity has a rap verse. Um, so all in all, there's three, I guess, uh, but just one from me on this one. Oh, so you yourself just going completely for that entire new energy and new vibe. Yeah, and it's, I mean, if you listen to No Apologies, like, it's definitely hip-hop inspired. Like, it would, I think, it would still be classified even as a hip-hop song, potentially. But almost more in the kind of new wave sense of the word. But in the, like, traditional ill-vibe rapping, uh, I actually just recorded the verse yesterday. Initially, there was maybe not going to be one. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, there, there was a really great spot on a song where it was like, well, this would be a great spot for a rap verse. And I had some really cool ideas for some lines. So I thought, well, why don't we dust it off for one verse, which is kind of fun because it keeps me – I literally have not written a rap verse in – well, I only wrote one this year. One, uh, signature from a group called The Snow Goons out of Europe. Uh, he asked me to be on his last album that called Super Caillou with a guy named Napoleon, the legend out of New York. And they asked for a verse. And I said, you know, I haven't written a verse in about three months, a rap verse. And he's like, yeah, 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 I know. But like, it'd be cool to have you on the album. So I said, fuck it. Like if I'm going to do a rap verse, I'm going to do it with the snow goons, you know? So I, I did a verse for his album and I'm really happy with it. And it's like a classic ill vibe verse from like right out of my twenties. And I'm, I'm pleased with it. But then, you know, it comes out and I haven't written in ages, ages, ages. And so now at this point, it's like other than that one verse for the Snow Goons, I really haven't written a verse in almost 14, a rap, a rap verse anyways, in almost 14 or like, I don't know, 16 months or something like that. So uh, it was really fun to be like, it even felt weird. Like as I was doing it, I was like, well, this feels weird. <laughs> like I haven't written like one of these like, yo, yo. Like it's just such a different energy than when I'm settling into my falsetto singing voice or, you know what I mean? Like it's such a different creative process. Um, and then when I was listening back to the demo, I'm like, this sounds like ill vibe featuring ill vibe, but like from two different eras of my life, you know? Uh, and it's just really, it's really interesting. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. So you literally just wrote the rap that's going to make it on the album yesterday then, or you recorded it yesterday. I, I, I started it a little while ago. I kind of had like two thirds of it written and then I went to the studio and like finessed to the end of it and then like laid a first version of the vocal down. And depending how I feel about it over the coming weeks, I may re-record aspects or the entire verse uh but yeah i essentially have the core of what the single rap will be it's a good it's a good rap though it's like the thing is if i'm gonna do a rap verse i want it to be a really airtight verse and for people to be like oh yeah that's he didn't stop rapping because he couldn't rap he stopped rapping because he was trying to do things that he like man the thing that people don't know about me man is i put a lot of work in when i was very very young so i put out 13 hip-hop albums over my career now many of them were straight to band camp because i was in my teenage years in my early 20s and 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 straight to itunes through cd baby when i had no fans at all but i made hundreds and hundreds of songs <laughs> and so at a certain point it was just like i want to try something new man last year i tried playing with a band and that was a blast but just so much upkeep to kind of get keep band members on the road with you so for now we parked that and then yeah i think i really found my home singing, singing like I used to listen to on Motown records and singing like, you know, sometimes on kind of more modern auto-tune flex and sometimes kind of on a funky 
throwback slacks, but uh, I'm having the time of my life uh, writing and singing, like singing songs, you know? Oh, well, I'm glad that it's still making you appreciate and love what you're doing. Of course, I mean, you're illy, you're always loving what you're doing, but the fact that it's giving you that new energy and that new approach definitely makes me happy to hear that. So with the singing, of course, like we've said before, you have done a lot of singing in the past, well, in some of the albums, on some of the songs, like Always and a few of the other tracks, but have you like been working on the singing a lot on the background? Because like writing is one thing, but like have you been working on it vocally, like practicing it? Yeah, so probably the single biggest thing has been writing these, like we write, we run three to four songwriting sessions in camps a week. So over the last year, we wrote like 150 songs. And so what that usually entails is me, I'm the, I'm the head songwriter, and then we've got Graydon, who's one of the lead songwriters as well. And usually we've got another uh, writer and singer in who's like a, usually a, a female singer, a lady singer, but there's been some guys as well. Um, and then we're, we're writing down ideas and talking about emotions and phrases and uh, but ultimately, we, we get into a uh, and she starts singing, right? And so then I'm singing with her because we're trying to find the right words together. So what happens is, for hundreds of hours, I'm singing along with a professional singer. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we're just like, and we're finding cool melodies, and we're talking about is that a cool melody or is that from something? And I'm, I'm I got I'm getting hands-on singing experience. And so even before I made the transition, where everything I was doing with is singing, my singing was growing exponentially. My ability to change notes or try a different melody in that spot uh, or come up with a harmony for the previous melody. Like that's all brand new. And it largely came from just a hands-on experience singing with all these people. And then what happened is midway through the year, I started top lining a lot of the records. And what top lining means is you're the person going down to kind of mock up, sing it, Like you're going to sing it as if you're the artist who's going to sing the final version of it. And some of my top lines are really, really great for songs that are much more ambitious than any Eel Vibe song that you've ever heard are. And so it's like, okay, well, I can, that's not for me, and maybe I need to do a little bit more work before I would ever put a song like that out, but I was able to go there. I was able to pull that off. Um, and then so more recently, um, I've taken it up another notch. So I've recently uh, enrolled in vocal lessons, and I'm really going to learn the basics and try to strengthen my voice and learn about breathing and learn about tone and learn about how you're supposed to position your mouth and your throat when you're singing certain notes. And like that stuff, no matter how much I just do, I'm not going to come on that knowledge randomly. So I've recently started taking those vocal lessons to try to fill some of those holes and close those gaps so that I can be a better singer from a technical standpoint. Okay. So just from association, you are making those steps and now you're really pushing the gas down on it and making the effort to make that transition. That's it, man. That's why I want to be the best singer I can be and not, you know, not to for anyone else's sake, but it's so that when I'm in the studio and we write some bah, 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 I want to be able to go there and not be like, oh, I can't hit those notes guys. Sorry. Now I want to be able to go to the spot that we all just dreamed up together. You know what I mean? And so, uh, I'm just, it's like, you gotta go to the gym and do the weight so that when the moment calls on it, you're ready. And, and that's sort of how I feel. I, I got to go to the gym and lift the weights. No doubt. No doubt. You got to put in that work every day so that like a bodybuilder who wants his body to look chiseled, you have to have that discipline. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So 
there's a lot of things that have come out about love among thieves but like you mentioned there's still things that are being written being hashed out being recorded so how much of love among thieves still has to be decided do you guys know how, like do you have an idea of how many tracks you want on the album yeah it's it's basically done. Um, I can't recall off top how many tracks. It's 10 or 12 tracks. It, it, the album's basically done. We finessed the intro yesterday, which is one of my favorite songs on the whole album. It's just sort of a weird structure of a song, so it really fits nicely as an intro. And we finessed uh, the song that has me rapping on it, which is a song called Can't Break My Heart. Uh, and we're essentially down to two or three songs that need me to go back in and lay a final version of vocals because because they are so vocally ambitious compared to what I've done in the past. Some of them I nailed on the first pass. The intro song, yeah, we nailed on the first pass. No Apologies uh, was the second take. But there's a few songs. There's one called Buried Alive with a singer named Dean Risco where basically it's two singers going back and forth and it's this painstaking song. And he's such a crazy singer. It's insane. And so I've now I've done my vocals twice, but I listen back and it still feels like I can really hit it even a little bit better, um, so you, it really feels powerful going back and forth between these two male vocalists. So um, I'm going to go lay those next week, but we're kind of down in these like final couple sessions where I'm going to do final vocals, then Meyer will have a look at the arrangement, and we'll kind of make some final decisions about that stuff. And then we send everything off to a guy named Kyle. Kyle Whitaker is a Canadian engineer, does mixes for hundreds of people. He's a very, very dope and respected uh, producer and engineer, and he's been an invaluable addition to our team, despite me having never met him, because he's based in uh, like Niagara Falls, and we just deal with each other over the internet. But uh, I am pleased that he's Canadian, and he's one of the best engineers I've come across in the business. And these days, he does all the mixes for uh, for Meyer Clarity, Skevious Tips, and for myself. Oh, so he's just holding it down for Heavy Ox on that final yeah. mix end. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's awesome how the internet allows you to make those connections and build those um, opportunities that maybe weren't necessarily there for you, where somebody you wouldn't have met like 30 years ago, you would have had to have somebody say, hey, man, I can put you in connection with this person. Yeah. Yeah. I basically, I mean, it's fun to crowdsource, right? I basically went to my socials and said, uh, I have great engineers on my team, but where my music's going, I'd love to find. I'd love to meet some engineers who have more experience in the pop space, who really know how to work out autotune and not have it be sloppy and have it be tasteful. And then, over and over, people I respect kept being like, "You should really talk to Kyle." When you know the sixth person writes on your socials, uh, "Hey, you should talk to this guy," and it's you see this same name pop up, Kyle Whitaker. So I reached out to him like, "Hey, so how come everybody I love loves you?" <laughs> you know, and that's the power of the, of the of the internet, and it's one of the. Anybody who messes with me on socials knows I'm not scared to crowdsource and use my network in creative ways uh, to push my career forward and often to help people. And, uh, yeah, this is just one example of that for sure. Awesome. It's always good to have those different ends and those different means no matter where they're located. And one thing definitely is that I love of how you do your work is your crowdsourcing and something with like the hype of this album and the t recent tours that you've been doing is you can definitely see how you're making the most of every opportunity where there's photo shoots pretty much everywhere that you're going, working with amazing photographers. You shot a music video, the one for No Apologies, while you were literally out on vacation for your wife 
just making everything just maxed out as much as you can. Yeah, that's been the name of the game for us, man. Is it like I try to live an aerodynamic life that's streamlined for the things that I love, and I, you know, I love to travel and I love to release art. And then, so it seems only logical that when I'm in LA, that maybe I'll hit the hashtag Los Angeles photographer and just see if there's any photographer legends who want to help me chase my dreams and while I help them chase their, chase theirs. And in most cases, I mean, I, I pay the photographer, you know, less than you probably would expect. Uh, and the experience is always really, really fun. We talk about it a lot on our podcast, just about the idea of like, hey man, if you're traveling, you spend $150 on Airbnb uh, for a walking tour, or you could pay a professional photographer to walk you through some of the coolest areas of the city, take you up to this cool secret rooftop spot he knows, and take professional pictures of you. And like, it's, even if I wasn't an artist, even if I stopped putting on music, I think I'm going to keep doing the uh, booking of photographers and videographers via Instagram as I travel because it's such a uh, potent, uh, vibrant way to see a city and to document your experience there and it's and if you are if you're an artist like me it's certainly there's like layers and layers of reasons why you might want to do something like that uh yeah and it's, it's always a blast i met some of the coolest people i know uh that way mm-hmm. and like you said there's also the added benefit of you get that tour guide who can maybe give you a view of a city that maybe somebody who runs an airbnb might know not know about yeah don't get me wrong i'm not shitting on airbnb i just more mean that like there's a lot of ways you can spend money online through like, you know, uh, bus tours and these types of like obvious tourist things. And I, I would argue that, uh, you know, hiring a local photographer who knows the city inside and out is a really fucking cool way to, to spend a day out when you're traveling. No doubt, no doubt, because it also gives you that added bonus of content as well. There's just so many yeah. different ways to build off of that. Yeah. So you just mentioned uh, your podcast, Damage Goods. You guys have been getting some amazing guests on there yourselves. I'm a big fan, have always been a subscriber since our last conversation. I got to say, you guys have been really making some amazing episodes lately. I appreciate that, man. It's for me, damaged goods is the kind of platform for us to uh, voice our com- use our comedic voice, chase some dreams that are kind of outside music, um, book guests and network with people that maybe Heavy Ox isn't the right home for them and they wouldn't be interested. Uh, we, we because we're such huge comedy fans, like genuine fans of comedy, we meet so many great independent comedians and. There's people in that space, and it's like, wow, it would be really fun to have uh, a podcast where we could have these people on and chat with them and get to know them. Um, and the podcast is a really good ex- example of when I talk about, like, our life is really streamlined for the things that we love and, um, and layering the value. And it's like, because we have this podcast, and it's a great promotion for the music and for everything else we're doing. Um, but we go to a comedy club and meet, you know, a really exciting young comic. We invite them back to our podcast and in, in these cases like we become friends with these people that we're fans of um and so it's like yeah in a lot of ways i think when you watch the podcast uh, i wonder if it comes across that the real reason we do it is that for us it's an amazing experience like i hope it gets bigger and i hope people listen and we do it takes quite a quite a bit of work to put the episodes out and the video snippets with the uh closed captioning and the whole it's, it's a lot it takes a lot of work to keep it up but I love what it does to my life, to my physical life. I love that it brings interesting people to my home. 
where then we have drinks and smokes and chat about deep things and their careers and they give advice. And it's just like, who wouldn't want that? <laughs> That's like the greatest thing that you could do. Uh, and it takes a little bit of work in terms of managing the filming and the audio and the uploads and the blah, blah, blah. But uh, I think it's worth it because we're having a blast. And uh, our life, our, does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? Like our life is better because we have a podcast, let alone if the podcast itself ever blew up. Well, exactly. Not only does it give people a view into the inside world, the behind the scenes look into the lives of Illy and Jess, your wife, but it also allows you guys to not only build a repertoire, because Jess, not only like building into comedy, it allows you guys to work with comedians and do different things and even like various things like the acapella science episode was another one where you guys pretty much just sat there learning a ton of different things but as the yeah, listener as well i was going to reference that episode because that's a good one man but like who do you know especially like i mean i bring i bring up weed because i smoke weed but especially someone who smokes weed mm-hmm. but that wouldn't want to talk with a world-class scientist about puzzling things that they want to know do you know what i mean like that's I would pay for that. I would pay for a scientist to come over so I could smoke a blunt and be like, okay, now let me ask you about the black hole. <laughs> you know what you know what I mean? And so Tim came over, and then literally right after it was over, me and Jess were like, you have to come back because we have a thousand more questions we want to ask you. And he's like, yeah, man, I'll come back and do another one sometime. And it's just like, that's a good example of that because I want to have more people like that on. I got sciencey questions, and I want to know, you know, I would love to have somebody on who's like uh, a world-class dietitian so they can just look, like, kind of look me in the face and be like, man, why are you eating that? Because that's invaluable. It's invaluable to have that conversation with somebody. And, and, and in a lot of ways, like I'm a big Joe Rogan fan, and, and the, the format is largely based on his just in that I want to talk to be, I want to talk to who I want to talk to. In some cases, it's just a friend of ours from down the street. In other cases, it might be a famous person. You know? and, uh, and that's what's fun about it is it's like we, we really just created a place where we can bring somebody – kind of pin them down and have a two-hour conversation with them and it's the kind of person that we would love to hang out with so uh yeah it's a blast man anybody who listens to podcasts i'd love encourage you to listen we take it very seriously record it professionally film it so there's video versions on facebook and youtube uh my wife who's an aspiring comedian who just did her comedy debut in new york when we were out there and killed it uh she's my co-host of the podcast um and uh, we have a blast over there Oh, she just made her debut in the New York comedy scene. Yeah, oh, she did wow. it out there, and it was it was a, it was a blast. It was it was my first time ever seeing her uh, because she kind of been growing on her own and doing kind of the open mic circuit here while I've been busy in the in the songwriting sessions. So, but when we were in New York, I was like, oh, I got no excuse. I got to come out and see you tonight. And she did so so great in uh, in Queens, um, and we're planning on booking her. Uh, again when we go back out there maybe even she might hit some open mics in Miami while we're out there mm-hmm. it's just a good opportunity to, to try your jokes in different markets and meet other comedians and I mean you know it's the same thing with music right it's essentially the same principle of you want to meet some people and, and get around and kind of start growing that network she's just, she's just at the beginning of that well once again another added value to touring around is allowing her exactly. to get that experience in different markets and seeing how different cities react to different styles of comedy or even just different clubs a hundred percent yeah exactly mm-hmm. and one thing back on the episode like with acapella science where not only as a podcaster but as a listener i was sitting there learning things myself <laughs> listening to that episode and once again as a podcaster i love having variety in shows and that's one complaint i get myself a lot is why don't you find a niche 
Man, my niche is talking to people who I love talking to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no doubt. And then, of course, one thing I want to end off here soon. So, of course, do you want to make any plugs here? I, I think I think we're Plug City right now. Uh, right. If, I mean, if, if, if you mess with me, if any of this sounds good to you, my thing is, man, you can reach out to me on socials. I'm very easy to interact with online. Uh, if you fuck with music, please go listen to what I'm doing. I'm putting out new stuff constantly, as is Meyer, as is the rest of the of the label. And that stuff is really easy to follow along with because we post all our dates in advance and kind of let you know what's coming. And then when it comes out, we're as loud as, uh, as it needs to be. Um, so if you, if you mess with music, you know, go throw some streams, follow me on Spotify. That's a big one. When you follow us on Spotify, uh, it kind of sends the most bonus points up through the algorithms and, uh, and helps in our favor. Uh, and then, uh, I mean, if you mess with podcasts, check out the podcast. I think those are the, those are the biggies for me, man. All right. Fantastic. I love it. And of course I'm going to go and drop one more myself since you're so modest enough not to do it. The title sponsor to your podcast oh, yeah. is run by the coolest duo of people I have ever met. Some of the hardest working individuals. And of course, if there's any musicians listening to this show right now and you're looking for some lyric videos, lyricvids.com is probably the place that you want to go. That's it, man. Yeah, that's 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 what that's I mean that's what I just finished up doing before I hopped on the phone here is uh is lyricvids.com is our is our own little internal day job. It's me and the wife every single day we're working on videos. We have to bust our butts just to stay on top of the workload, but that's a good problem to have. Uh, and that's it, man. I'm just making video content for people from Italy down through South America. We had some stuff from uh, Asia in the past, uh, several videos from the Golden Coast of Australia. Uh, like we, we really are kind of worldwide. And as far as I know, until research tells me otherwise, we're number one in the business. So, uh, yeah, I welcome, I welcome anybody who is looking for video content for their releases. All right, fantastic. I have seen a lot of your work, and I stand by it. I have recommended you guys to a lot of people personally. So. Cool. Appreciate that, man. Exactly. I mean, that's part of also part of wanting to be your own boss is diversifying, right? That's, that's it. Oh, we're about to get very diverse this year. By the time we podcast next time, you're going to be laughing about some of the businesses we launched in this year, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. Thank you so much Thank for you very much, bro. coming back to the DTP, Illy. I love it, man. Thanks for having me always and appreciate the support through, through the whole year. Ah, no worries. I will continue to support forever and always. Thank you, my man. Ah, thank you. And of course, a big thank you, a big old DTP thank you to you, the listeners of Desert Tiger, for tuning in to today's episode. Ill Vibe returns to show love among thieves. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, if you're a new listener, maybe you want to consider hitting the subscribe button so you can stay up to date with what we're doing. If you're a returning listener, maybe if you're an Apple listener, maybe you want to go and review the show on iTunes. Of course, you guys know that that five stars is what we're always shooting for, and it helps the show grow an incredible amount. And another way to help the show grow is by sharing this episode, either through social media or word of mouth. You guys actually don't realize how much word of mouth does help the show 
grow our listener base and thank you so much and of course if you want to take it one step further where's the place to do that that is i love dtp.com it's where you're going to get yourself decked out in all the latest and greatest in desert tiger merch like i said earlier hats the tanks bracelets other shit it's all coming soon order it i will send you a handwritten letter unless you want a phone call because then i will actually call you and tell you thank you, and we can discuss, you know, your favorite episode. What do you like about the show? Who do you want to hear on the show? All that sort of stuff. You know what it is? So until next week, I hope that you guys have yourselves a fantastic time because we are going to be getting hardcore. That's right. ECW, ECW, ECW. Bay Ragney, the man once known as Chubby Dudley of the Dudley family, is going to be making his debut on the Desert Tiger podcast, and I couldn't be more excited. Bay actually runs his own radio show entitled Totally Driven Entertainment, and we had an amazing conversation. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So until then, I want you to go out there, chase your dreams, and do exactly what your heart say.